This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. The latest outbreak of E. coli within Chipotle restaurants uh, may be one that they say may not be figured out as to the source. It's a fast casual restaurant has had to deal with people becoming ill because of the outbreak. So we want to know, do you still believe in Chipotle? Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And also to take a look at Chipotle and what they've had to go through and where they will head in 2016, here in the studio, Jason Reese, marketing lecturer here at the Wharton School. And then joining us on the phone, Marion Nessel, who is a professor at NYU in the Department of Nutrition, Food Studies, and Public Health, also a professor of sociology. And uh, she is also uh, author of the book, Eat, Drink, and Vote, an Illustrated Guide to Food Politics. Jason, great to see you. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming in. Happy New Year to you, too, Dan. Y- you Thank got you. it. Marion, great to have you as well. Glad to be here. Thank you. And you also have a new book out as well, Soda and Politics, Taking on Big Soda and Winning. I look forward to seeing that one as well. Marion, with, with Chipotle, this obviously, as I, I kind of said off the cuff, it, it has been a, a rough last few months for them. What, what effect has there been? Because we've seen instances of companies here in the United States who have gone through instances like this, General Motors being one, and seemingly the brand or the company really hasn't been affected that much. Well, this one has, if you, and the best indication of that is what's happening to their stock prices, yeah. which have just plummeted as a result. Um, and part of it is they're not handling it as well as they could. There are ways of handling these kinds of things, and Chipotle was very, very late to getting to that. So there were several uh, outbreaks that occurred uh, earlier last summer that they really didn't take as seriously or didn't seem to take as seriously as they should have. I should say that Chipotle has been hit with something very unusual, and that is they've had a bunch of different organisms involved. They've had E. coli and salmonella and norovirus, um, and I think some other things as well, which means that the source of the problem isn't the same source. They're not dealing with just one source of contamination. They're dealing with multiple sources of contamination, and the sources have never been identified. The CDC, which usually does these investigations, has not been able to figure out what the common food is that's causing the problem in each of these outbreaks, which makes it very, very hard to prevent. Even the, so, Go and, ahead, finish up. I'm sorry. Yeah, and so very, very late in the game, Chipotle has hired the national expert on how to deal with food safety problems, um, and they've hired the right person, and I have every confidence that they're going to fix the problems if they do what this guy says. I guess, and part of it, Marion, is... Uh, a, a little bit of a, of a wait and see in, in terms of the effect on the stores themselves, uh, even though the stock price has gone down, uh, to see what their earnings are at coming up in the latest quarter to see what the effect is really at the stores. You know, are consumers backing out of Chipotle? Uh, are, they, are they not as phased by it, I guess? Well, I guess it depends on what they know and yeah. what they've heard. Um, <clears throat> I certainly 
excuse me, walked by some Chipotle outlets and they were just empty. Um, but there are others that are full, so who knows? Jason, how, how, how does a company deal with this? Because this is this is a, 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 a um, it, it's a problem that once it happens and they think it goes away, it still has life. It still has legs with the consumers going forward. Yeah, I think it hits Chipotle in a couple of different ways. One is on the ground in terms of the levels of disgust that people may now feel in going into a store where they feel they may get sick, and that's going to keep anybody away from any restaurant that yeah. is associated with this. But the second big threat to them is the overall threat to their brand. The notion of food integrity is central to their brand image. They've pushed it. They've promoted it through claims about non-GMO, through claims about local, through claims about fresh. And this is hitting them at a point that is absolutely central to their brand positioning. And the long-term effects on that, even after this crisis passes, are a lot harder to estimate. And I think that's that's what the big concern is here. And this is a company that has certainly been riding high the last couple of years with that wave of change to not only the fast casual, but the type of food that are in some of these fast casuals. I mean, this stock price, I think, was well up over $600. Now it's down around 450 so there has been a, a, a definite effect that they have felt over the last several months. Yeah, and this notion of local and natural uh, is something that appeals to very many consumers, especially in the millennial generation. Now, one might hope that some of, uh, some of the preference for those kinds of things may uh, dissipate a little bit because it's clear that uh, notions of local, um, local supply potentially add some risk to a supply chain for a large company like this because you've got so many different players bringing food into this company. It's very hard yeah. to keep track of exactly where it's coming from and ensure that all of these suppliers are, are compatible. Complexity always adds difficulty. And to that point, Marion, the fact that it, it obviously they had Washington, uh, the, the Northwest where it happened, you've had it in Ohio and Kansas. It's not like one supply chain is really being affected by this. I mean, this is, this is several different areas that need to be focused on. Yeah, I only know about this, what I've read. Um, and one of the things I've read is that they don't have their supply chain under control very well. They could not explain where a lot of their foods came from. And so I'm sure that one of the first things that is being worked on is to tighten up the supply chain so they know exactly what they're getting and exactly where it's coming from. And to the extent that they're trying to source locally, that adds additional complexities any food can get contaminated if you're not taking preventive measures and making sure that everything coming in is okay. And they serve a lot of raw ingredients that haven't been cooked. Um, And in at least one instance, the Boston instance, where hundreds of people got sick with norovirus, that's likely to be a food service worker problem. Um, where somebody in the, on the staff is sick and somehow the virus gets into things. So they've got multiple problems to deal with. And as I said, they've hired the firm that knows how to do this. It solved the problem um, with Earthbound Farms, the spinach outbreak of 2006. Uh, this firm cleaned that one up really, really well by testing before and after, and Chipotle may have to get into the food testing business. Did, did Chipotle really believe that they could handle this themselves, I guess, Marion? 
Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't have any personal information about what they did. But I was surprised by some of the things that the CEO said. Um, I mean, at one point he was blaming his consumers you know, for getting sick, and not really understanding that as the chief executive of a company that's making people sick, he has to take responsibility for it. Um, so, so I thought the public relations part of it wasn't handled very well. Jason, with a case like this, and obviously the the industry as a whole probably takes very close notice of something that happens, what do the other restaurants really, what do they learn from something like this? The big takeaway is that, that, that brand perception is always incredibly closely tied to the quality of your product. Yeah. And consumers will sometimes have uh, high-minded views of product that simple is better. Um, but it, it, it often takes a great deal of complexity pr- to produce something that seems like a very simple offering, like raw ingredients. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what other restaurants are going to learn from this, but I'm sure they're quite happy to see Chipotle going through it. But it's something that, that uh, the, the average consumer doesn't think about the complexity that's involved, nor probably do they even care about the complexities that are involved. They want to have good, fresh food or they want to have good food presented to them. And, and in some respects, it, it puts the company itself, in this case Chipotle, in, in almost a little bit of a no-win situation. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think there is a there is potential for a win if they can really put, um, you know, show consumers the evidence that they are taking extra care of their supply chain and yeah. that the benefits that they claim to be delivering through natural and local are really also translating into extra levels and measures of safety. And to date, they have not done that. Marion, what do you think, I mean, some of the changes that they're going to have to implement at this point, because it seems like, from what you're saying with the, with the new people that are going to be consulting with them, that uh, quite a few things are going to have to change. Well, they're going to have to be really tighten up what it is they're serving and make sure that every single thing that they're putting out in front of their customers is safe, not to mention having their employees take extra special care with hand washing and other food safety procedures. Uh, and I think that, the, and they may have to do testing. They may have to test before and after, uh, which is what Earthburn, Earthbound Farms had to do yeah. and recovered from the Earthbound Farms recovered from the spinach outbreak because they did everything that they needed to do to ensure that their food would be as safe as possible. You can never guarantee food safety. Um, there can always be something that can go wrong, but you can. Um, institute preventive controls that will cut out most of the problems, and that's really what you want to do. You want the food safety problems to be as rare as possible and to uh, affect as few people as possible. And I think most people are completely unaware of how hazardous uh, raw food is. It's a hazard, and you take a risk every time you eat anything raw, and it's a miracle that people are as healthy as they are and don't get sick any more than they do. But I wanted to comment on, on something that was just said about the chortling of other restaurants. Sure. Um, there's just been gleeful response in, in the industry to Chipotle having to go through this. 
um, because they feel that Chipotle has taken the high road on local and sourced ingredients and fresh ingredients and all of these kinds of things. Um, and uh, those make other restaurants look bad. And they haven't liked it. And now here's, uh, you know, this is the result of hubris is the way a lot of places are looking at it. Um, but I think Chipotle's going to come out of it okay. But, um, but what? Know, as, I, as I said, they've hired the right person. If yeah. they do what this guy says, they'll be fine. So it, this is something that it, it is, in some respects, kind of a slow and steady build back for Chipotle because of what has happened and because of kind of the expanse of now what it's happened with it being in, in various parts of the country. Well, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. It has thousands of restaurants to deal with. But you never hear about food safety problems at McDonald's. True. Exactly you know, I mean, right. You know, other 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 places have solved those problems, whatever the problems may be. On the other hand, McDonald's isn't serving a lot of raw food. That's true, and and certainly the difference is in terms of the raw food is the quality of the product as well. Yeah, and Chipotle has very high quality food. It does. I mean, the food there is very very good. I think it's served in vast proportion yeah. and you know it's uh, it's an obesogenic environment but the quality of the food is quite good 844 Wharton is the number to give us a call 844-942-7866 we want to hear from you what do you think about uh, Chipotle have you lost confidence in them do you still go to their stores 844-942-7866 i got to be honest being a dad of 3 Chipotle is is one of the options that that I've used with my kids in the past. And honestly, I haven't, maybe it was partly the holidays, but I haven't been to one of their stores in, in, you know, a month and a half, partly because it is in the back of my mind, Jason, of what has happened. And that's, that's something that, uh, you know, a company would love to be able to fight. I don't know how you fight that. I think you just have to be indicating that you're doing the right things and then, and then wait it out. It is tricky, though, because the more you say about it, in a, in a way, the more you get consumers focused on it. So the day that the CEO announced that they had had these problems and that they were closing some of the restaurants temporarily in, uh, in, in Washington and the Pacific Northwest, um, consumer sentiment went way down. People yeah. indicated they'd heard a lot of terrible things. And yet the stocks rose, uh, uh, or at least the, the free fall stopped quite dramatically when he came out and said that. Um, so consumers' decisions are largely driven by the top-of-mind concerns, and those will eventually dissipate, especially if the chain continues to do the right things. So what do you think that, that besides having this company come in and, and work with them to try and affect these uh, changes, what is Chipotle, what's the course that they take over the course of 2016? Because certainly this is an important year for them now. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I suspect it's probably going to be, going to involve maintaining a relatively low profile, maybe toning down some of the high-minded talk about local ingredients and food <laughs> integrity, and just getting their product right. And when they feel their product is right, and by that I mean the supply chain and what ultimately ends up getting served, when they feel that that's right, they can start being more aggressive in their advertising and, and do what they've always done. But to some extent, this really is cleaning up their shop and waiting it out. Marion? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, as I said, I think they're going to come out of this okay, because the food is good. Uh, if they can maintain the quality of their food and not make their customers sick, they'll do fine. And, you know, 
people have very short memories for this kind of thing. And people who liked going to Chipotle are going to go back to Chipotle. You know, I heard, I heard one commentator suggest that they ought to close all their restaurants down for a week. <laughs> Uh, as sort of a, a show of integrity that they're doing the right thing and cleaning oh, up and then, and then have a grand reopening. And, you know, the, in a sense, there is precedent for that when, uh, you know, when uh, Johnson Johnson had their problems with Tylenol back in the 80s. Sure, they yeah. took everything off the shelf, yep. got the packaging right, and then, and then did sort of a relaunch. But this is a little bit different. If you can imagine walking by closed black yeah. window Chipotle restaurants all around the country for a week... I think that could ha really have a lingering effect. Closing the restaurants where the problems were made sense, doing it nationwide, almost certainly doesn't because their storefronts are so public and visible. Sure. Stopping advertising is a different thing. That's just people sort of failing to notice them for a while. And that might be beneficial. But the, the act of these visibly empty restaurants the, could be bad. Chipotle, in terms of a, a, of a company and its advertising, though, I mean, I don't see, the, you know, just when I watch TV, they don't do hardly any TV, from what I understand. Probably it, it's print and online is really their, their, their main venue in terms of advertising. Right. And they've got billboards uh, right. as well. And I don't know the extent to which they've, they've taken those down. Um, but that's right. There aren't these huge national advertising campaigns that, uh, that, that they have to shut down. Eight. Oh, and they did a pretty entertaining movie a couple of years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was quite fun. Um, oh, with the chickens. Uh, the, one, the one about the, um, the meat, ex the cow exploding. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty right. funny. Um, but again, that was pushing its food with integrity message. Yeah. And I think they're working, you know, they worked very hard on that. Uh, what they didn't work hard on was setting food safety procedures that yep. would protect them from this kind of thing. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON-844-844. 942-7866. How do you feel about Chipotle heading into the year 2016? Matt is down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Morning. How are you? Great, thanks. So, my comments, uh, you know, I think it really breaks down to lack of education of the general population. And how many people have actually been out to their local farms? Food, food is grown outside. You know, it's accessible by animals, bugs, you name it, spreading all sorts of pathogens. We need to relook at food education in schools, not only you know high school, college level, but elementary. Get our kids involved early. Um, you know, if if we learn how to clean our food properly before we eat it, and stop over sanitizing our environment a lot of these problems would, would go away. Good comment, Matt. Uh, Marianne, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, food is grown in dirt. <laughs> I mean, it's dirty. Um, and what you really don't want is you don't want animals contaminate, animal wastes contaminating your vegetables. That's where the problems really come in. And in our increasingly industrialized food system, um, if a problem occurs, it's a really serious problem because it affects so many people. Um, it's not just a little local one-acre farm that's feeding people locally. It's food that's being transported all over the country. Uh, food supply chains are enormously complicated. And I, I wish I thought that education, much as I'm for it and how important I think it is for kids to learn about how food is produced, it's not enough. 
Consumers yeah. can't protect themselves against a re- against restaurant food. They have no way of knowing how the food was produced, how it's being served, and the health level of the people who are doing the serving. Um, you're at the at the mercy of a restaurant, and you're yeah. at the mercy of anything that's in a supermarket. Well, in a supermarket, you can clean the foods, but you can't do it in a restaurant. And that's why the restaurant situation is has to be done at the restaurant level. Um, do, you have to establish an entire system of preventive controls throughout the entire food chain, and you have to establish a culture of food safety within the organization so that every single person who works there um, has food safety on the mind at all times and is taking all of the preventive measures that are needed. It's not that hard to do. We know how to produce food safely. It's just that everybody who's involved in it has to be on the same team. Jason? Yeah, I mean, it, it is tricky. It, you know, how, how does how does a restaurant, for example, talk uh, have a story about food safety and hand washing? Do they promote all over the place that their employees wash their hands? Sure. Should customers be demanding that? It's not exactly a pleasant thought while you're thinking about about food. <laughs> yes. so, so it does get tricky. Or animal waste. Right. <laughs> exactly. Worse. Exactly. Matt, thanks very much for the call. Uh, McLean is in Idaho Falls, Idaho. McLean, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I was mentioning to the lady that my wife and I were in California last week on vacation. We stopped at the Chipotle to have uh, dinner, and uh, it was kind of interesting because we walked in, and the store was a little bit cluttery. I mean, it was a little messy, and you expect that a little bit. And then we walked into the restrooms to wash our hands before we ate, and we'd been traveling. And first thing I noticed was the, the bathroom, two of the, the facilities weren't working. Uh, there was clutter on the floor. There was actually a pair of underwear sitting by the sink. There was oh. um, debris around the commode. You could tell it had not been washed. And I thought, this is this is awful. I mean, so we walked out. I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and we left and went over to Paradise Bakery and, and ate dinner. But I Did- thought, you know, they've had issues. They know that there's a situation, but they haven't even cleaned up the front of the store. What's the back of the store like? Did you and, did uh, did, just, did you say something to the to the people there at the store on your way out? We did not. They just they were a bunch of high school kids behind the counter, and I hadn't eaten at Chipotle because we don't have any in Idaho, and I'm not sure if they have any in Utah. I wanted to try them just because of, I'd heard about them, and yeah. and uh, so that's what put us there. We weren't really concerned about food safety, but after looking at the cleanliness of the, of the store. And uh, just like, uh, I don't think so. All right. it, it, is for, it is tricky for the chain now. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think they have a reputation as having particularly messy stores. But yeah. anecdotes like this are going to be more prominent in the minds of consumers as, as they see them. Exactly. And, and, and again, it, what he brings up a good point, McLean does, is the fact that, you know, one restaurant can be bad. Another, you know, 50 or 100 restaurants can be, can be pretty good. Uh, it, this is maybe a case of, of a one-off more so than anything else. But a dirty restaurant does affect a consumer not just that that short term, but it can affect a consumer long term. I mean, the McLean probably will, he might never go back to a Chipotle ever again. 
Right. And, you know. I mean, th- this is what I mean by the culture of food safety. Um, if you've got um, young and inexperienced people working in your store, you've got to do serious training yeah. in food safety. You have to explain about hand washing and explain how bacteria are in the air and what you do in order to make sure that you are not contaminating the food and that contaminated food isn't being served to customers. Um, and you're dealing with bacteria and viruses that are too small to see. They're invisible yeah. to, the, to the naked eye. And so you have to have some conceptual awareness about how food safety problems occur and establish throughout the store a sense of pride in producing clean food. That's what the culture of food safety means. It takes a huge amount of work yeah. to achieve it. And, and especially on a large scale when you're talking about hundreds uh, and even thousands of restaurants. And all the chains deal with this. But as Marion said earlier, Nestle is uh, – excuse me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Marion. No relation. Uh, no, no relation. <laughs> not even the chain I was talking – the brand I was talking about. Um, Chipotle is particularly prone to this problem because of all their fresh ingredients. So yeah. they not only have to do better, but they have to be seen to do better now because of this scandal – and it's very tricky to be seen to be doing better. On and, something and because like this. and because you and McLean, thanks very much for the call. Because you have <laughs> you have such a large number of restaurants that they have, and obviously other chains have to deal with it. A lot of this, you know, ends up falling on the leadership of the manager at this particular store to be able to kind of set down. I mean, certainly you have the corporate rules that the, that the that the employees have to follow, but the manager has to kind of set down a tone as well in terms of making sure that, you know, people are aware of the bathrooms and making sure that, you know, the cleanliness is there. I mean, it really does fall on the on the managers most times. Yeah, and this is a chain that has thousands of managers. Yeah. So it they don't get past they still run into the scale problem there. Marion? Yeah, some will work really well and some won't. And so what you have to do is you have to establish a corporate-wide culture in which the managers take food safety issues very seriously. And somebody in the store has to be assigned to clean the bathrooms. The people who work in these places hate cleaning bathrooms. You can't blame them. Um, But somebody's got to do it. And if you walk into a bathroom and there's no hot water, no soap, no towels, and junk all over the floor... And somebody's not paying attention. There's no, there's no culture of safety there. You know that it's not there. Um, and it would be, you know, I, it would be really helpful if everybody who ran across a situation like this immediately talked to the manager about yeah. it. Now, the, the manager rolls eyes. Um, and blows you off, then you know there's a problem there. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. To, I think that point about culture is absolutely right, and that is going to have to become more prominent within Chipotle. What will be interesting is to see whether or not they do develop, try to develop that culture around food safety and whether that starts to conflict internally with some of the kinds of things that they're doing with their supply chain, their very complex supply chain around local sourcing uh, and such. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.